0: 1 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 7, uh, where we're going to be, and uh, just continuing through the book and uh, our study at chronicles, chronicles of Corinth. Now, thankfully, uh, the scripture we're looking at this morning is not quite as in depth as we looked at last week. So uh, I- I'm thankful for that for my part. Amen. <laughs> But uh, <clears throat> just as good nonetheless, amen, and important. Uh, I will say, uh, just kind of as a follow-up from, from last week's message, and I, I, just, I want to mention it and then uh, and move on. But uh, and if you weren't here last week, we were looking at the, the previous verses. This morning we're going to look at uh, verses 17 through 24, okay? And we were looking at last week, verses 10 through 16. And those verses deal a lot with... Uh, Marriage. Uh, most of this chapter deals with marriage. The section we're looking at today does not, but most of it does, and it was dealing with the issue of Christians being divorced and remarried. Okay, and uh, we're not going to get into that this morning. Okay, but uh, you can go back and listen to it online. All right. But one thing I will mention that I, I did not uh, bring out as as much uh, last week is that, and, and this is a sadly a, a problem uh, in our society and you know, uh, today. Many times. Uh, you have issues of domestic violence, okay? And in those situations, you know, and a few people asked me uh, after the service, this is why I want to clarify this, okay? Um, yes, you do need to separate in those situations. The Lord never expects a, a person, whether it's you know either side, the husband or the wife, that is abusing uh, their spouse to remain in a dangerous situation, okay? Now, God is still not for divorce, okay? But they do need to separate for their own safety. Okay. And, and so I, I just, I want to clarify that, okay? Because uh, some people are asking me, and said, Pastor, what about, you know, if the person's, you know, their, their life's in danger? Well, God expects you to, to remove yourself from that situation and to be safe, okay? Um, and, and so um, I've known, you know, sadly sad cases like that, and it does happen. Um, Obviously, that's never God's will. Um, that, that's not what God intends, okay? And um, we, we saw that last week, amen? So, we're going to move forward from that, okay? And uh, yeah, I, I preached it all last week so we wouldn't have to cover it more than one time, amen? So there we go, all right. Let's read verse 17 and uh, down to verse 24. And it says, let's see here, it's right on my uh, the page turn here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17, But as God hath distributed to every man, so uh, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called an uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing. and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he is called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not the servants of men. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. He uses the the, the term uh, called many times. And, and that's really his, his theme right here in this passage. He's speaking of your calling as far as your position in life, where you find yourself. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Christianity is for everyone. It's a whosoever salvation. Amen. Amen. And anybody can be saved, anybody uh, who will receive Christ. And that's from the poorest, from the lowest up to the highest, and the smartest, the brilliant, the richest, whoever. It's a whosoever will salvation. Salvation does not change your status in life, it changes your status in heaven. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from being the enemy of God, uh, you know, the, the uh, bound for hell, to being a child of God, to being joint heirs with Christ, amen? Mm-hmm. It changes our state, our, our status in heaven. It does not change <laughs> our status on earth, alright? And, and here the Corinthians were finding themselves, of course, just like today, people were getting saved from all different walks of life, people who've been religious. People who had never darkened the door of a church, uh, who had never, you know, once thought about God, to people who were involved in the, you know, uh, deep immorality and, and idolatry, and, and so they're coming from all these different backgrounds, and now they're trying to put position themselves where they should be spiritually and socially, comparing themselves to other Christians. And here Paul he says, "Hey, th- that's not the focus. The focus is to serve God where you are." And, and, and the status you are, and let God develop you from that point. Amen? And, and so, um, we're going to... That, that, that's the, the, the basic thought here, okay? But we'll look at it a little bit further, uh, a little bit more detail. But it's a, a real basic message this morning, and uh, hopefully it, it'll be a, a great help to us. Amen? Uh, three, three, three main thoughts. First of all, we see the directive, okay, uh, of each person, a debt or a duty that we each have as, as children of God, and then a dwelling, our dwelling, what our dwelling should be, and uh, what we should dwell upon. All right. So as children of God, uh, we should be content regardless what stage or state of life that we're in. Uh, we should recognize every believer as being equal in Christ. Amen. The ground is level at the cross. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the, uh, the Word of God. Lord, thank You for this morning. Uh, Lord, I thank You for every person, again, that's here today. And Lord, thank You for the opportunity to... Lord, share the Word of God. And I pray You would guide my words and thoughts now. Lord, uh, there is, uh, Lord my words are not inspired. My words are not, uh, Your words are not powerful. But Lord, I pray that You would guide my thoughts. That as Lord, we uh, look at the Word of God, uh, Lord, You would give us understanding. Uh, Lord, that Your Holy Spirit would take the words that uh, Lord You have given us and make the application to each person here today. And Lord, You know uh, the needs and the thoughts, Lord, uh, of each person. You know the ones who are hurting, the ones who are seeking Your will. Uh, Lord, You know that person here today who may not be saved and and Lord needs to to be saved. And we just ask that You would have liberty to do as You see fit in each life. Lord, may we be uh, responsive and Lord, uh, do what You show us we need to do. Lord, make the changes in our lives. Lord, You uh, convict us and show us need to be made. we give You glory for what You do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that we see is this directive or an occupation. Okay, um, So, uh, verse 17, he says, and really, this summarizes it, he says, If God hath distributed to every man as he had called uh, everyone so, let him walk. And then, look again, verse t- verse 20, he says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he is called. That, that really summarizes the thought here. And the, the verses in between, he's giving some examples. Okay, and so the 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 important thing is that we should be content. Uh, And again, the the Corinthians, these Christians, he was encouraging to be content in whatever status of life that they find they found themselves. Now, there were some uh, uh, some uh, different you know status, if you will, you know backgrounds uh, to to these individuals in the church, and Paul gives them his examples. the first one, this is some uh, spiritual background. All right, so look at verse eighteen. He says, "Is any man among uh, any man of uh, call being circumcised, that have not become uncircumcised?" Uh, that was speaking of the those in the Jewish background. Okay, and of course, circumcision was something that God gave to Abraham back in in the Old Testament, the Abrahamic covenant and it become part of then, uh, Israel's uh, law, the Old Testament and, and so uh, every man uh, every uh, uh, boy that was born so many days after he was being circumcised and it was a, 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 a symbol of them being set apart to God and being God's chosen nation, amen and, and so uh, of course they could continue that on, now, the Jews of the Lord's day and Paul's day they and continued that on, it had become more of a religious practice and not just Uh, Because we understand that uh, no man is saved by works, okay? Even in the Old Testament, they were not saved by works. They did the things that God gave them as evidence of their faith to demonstrate the faith they they believed in the Lord. But those works did not save them. The offerings didn't save them. It was a a testament of the faith they had that did save them, okay? So circumcision didn't save a a man, okay? And uh, it didn't save anybody in the New Testament, all right? Now there were those, and we remember uh, from back chapter 1, there were different groups, different cliques in this church. And there was a group, let's go back, okay? Because it's been uh, several weeks since we looked at this. Go back to 1 Corinthians 1. Just uh, to refresh our minds here a little bit, okay? Uh, Verse 12, Paul starts calling out all these different groups, these different cliques. He says, now this I say that every one of you, uh say, I'm of Paul, I'm a Paulus. I have Cephas, I have Christ. And, and so there were you know, about four different groups here, and they were all lining up with their favorite preachers. Yeah, they, they said, oh, some of, some of you, you like to hear me preach, and, and you like to hear the you know, Paul preach. Some of you like Apollos, he was another you know, uh, eloquent speaker and preacher. Okay, Some of you like Cephas, which that's another name for Peter, okay, the Apostle Peter. And, and then say some of you are too spiritual for to listen to anybody except the Lord. <laughs> and we just want to trust God you know? and that boy well, you know, no, no preacher is good enough for us you know Well that group that was of Cephas, Peter, Peter was Jewish of course right and Of course Paul was as well okay but Paul we know would not be advocating circumcision because of his other writings but they may have been a part of this group. That was saying, "Hey, if you really got saved, if you're really serious about getting saved, well, then you ought to get circumcised. You, you, you need you need to demonstrate that with circumcision. Well, that's that's not nowhere did the Lord teach that, okay? But there were the, there were Jews who wanted to hold on to the, the old traditions of Judaism that would say, hey, you know, if you if you're genuinely saved, then you should be be, uh, be, be circumcised.' Now, there was a whole um, church meeting about this we're not going to take time to look at it back in the book of acts acts i think it's 15 okay and it, it, it almost divided the church okay uh because the jews the, the first generation christian jews they wanted to hold on to all those traditions from the old testament and just implement them into the church and of course that's it's two separate things and that's what we learned about in right, uh, the church is two different things and praise the lord for that by the way um you yeah, know i appreciate brian praying for the nation of israel the reason we pray for Israel is because they still have a future. Yeah. Mm. Amen? Because the church has not replaced Israel. Alright? God has promises for Israel as a nation that are yet to be fulfilled and He will fulfill them. Amen. Yeah. And God will protect the nation of Israel. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so we definitely need to pray for Israel today. And I appreciate that. But yeah, the, the church in Israel are two different things. Alright? Circumcision has nothing to do with, with Christians today. Amen. And yet there were there were you know Jews in, in the church here at Corinth that were trying to pass that tradition on. Well, we could make the application there are things that you know uh, churches do that are not necessarily in the Bible. Okay, I, I'm going to give you one here uh, just as an example, okay? Uh, that, that we do, you say, oh, you, you're going to think this is kind of funny. Um, Sunday school. You, you can look all over the Bible and you, don't, you won't find Sunday school anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, teaching is in the Bible. Amen. Uh, in fact, I think Jenna, Jenna read an Acts there. that I met daily. was teaching the Word of God and things. Okay? And that's certainly a part of it. But, you know, we don't have to meet at 10 a.m. <laughs> on Sunday mornings to, to teach the Bible. We can meet any day of the week, any time of the week to teach the Word of God. In fact, it says in Acts, I met daily. Amen. Every day. You know? Um, but what, what is it? Well, if, you know, if we, we make a suggestion that we're going to change Sunday school, we're not going to have Sunday school, all of a sudden we're heretics. Now, I think y'all know me better than that, okay? But there are some places, some churches, I, I've seen it. And it's just like, how dare you suggest oh, we're going liberal? We're not going to have Sunday school anymore? Well, um, you know, uh, Calvary, up you know, in uh, the church I, I grew up, they changed the name. They don't use the, the term Sunday school anymore, okay? Now, they, they, this was a, boy, this was a big step to Pastor They uh, They, uh, you know, I, I, it kind of raised my eyebrows. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, Pastor? You know? They don't call it Sunday school. They call it life groups. Well, they're just going liberal. They've sold out. They're gonna be changing their Bible before you know it. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's a tradition. We we've called it Sunday school for two or three hundred years ever since we before started it, amen? And it's it's a good tradition. Amen. But there's some traditions that aren't so good, like circumcision. And it just needs to be set aside. It has nothing to do with right or what's right or wrong. It's just a tradition. Amen? And you know what? We don't have to. Not everybody has to hold to the same traditions. We need to hold to the Word of God. Amen. Into the doctrine. Amen. But traditions, we can set those things aside. Amen. And Paul, he says, regardless your your whatever state you you find yourself, whether you've been saved from Judaism and that's your that's your tradition, and, and you understand, hey, the the parallels of you know Christ being the Messiah and then being our Savior. And how all that fit together and God brought all that together. Whether you got saved out of idolatry, you were a Gentile, and you got saved from worshiping all the pagan gods of you know, the, the Gentile world and all the immorality involved with that. Uh, and, and you're just thankful that Jesus is a true Savior and He saved you from that lifestyle. He said, it doesn't matter where you come from. The ground's level to cross. Amen? And hey, serve God and grow in, in, the, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus where you are. Amen. Uh, you don't need to start accepting the traditions of Judaism. You don't need to leave them behind either. He says, just grow where you're planted. Amen? He says, any uncircumcised, uh, let him not be circumcised. Uh, let him uh, not become uncircumcised. In other words, you can, you can continue that. All right. He says, verse 19, circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. But what is important? The keeping of the commandments of God. He said, you traditions, take it or leave it. Whatever you decide. But you better follow the word of God. That's what is important. Make sure you're obeying the word of God. Make sure you're following the scriptures. Amen. That's where, that that's what's key. Amen. Let every man abide in the same column wherein he is called. So, not only um, some spiritual, your spiritual status or your background, okay, but also social status. Okay. And, and sometimes we, we don't think about this, or uh, the secular status, you might say. So, here, um. Yeah. Again, they got saved from all different lifestyles and backgrounds, and all different uh, social statuses, if you will. Look at verse twenty-one. Are thou called being a servant? And remember, a servant in, in here in you know, Bible times, this was a slave, and, and the slave trade was a, a big part of the economy in, in Corinth. So there were a lot of slaves. Okay, and thankfully, a lot of them got saved. Amen. Uh, he says, "Care not for it." In other words. Don't be concerned about being a slave, and then now that you're a, a Christian. Now, was, did did Paul understand the atrocity that slavery was? Well, We both certainly did. I he wrote a whole book about it. Okay, Philemon is a whole book written um, to a, a slave owner asking for forgiveness of a, a runaway slave, and then asking that Paul, that Paul is asking that uh, uh, Philemon would be forgiven. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's a small book. It's it's a letter. Okay, but the Holy Spirit preserved that in the Word of God and uh, addressed slavery. Okay. Yeah, of course it was wrong, but it was it was not going to be fixed just by uh, you know flicking a switch. Okay. It, it was going to take um, a, a whole change of heart within the the culture, the whole Roman Empire, and sadly that never happened. And what happened to Rome? It fell. Okay. Um, I know as an American, it, it almost broke. Uh, the, uh, uh, the United States, okay, um, and uh, it took a, a long time, and to some degree, America is still healing from slavery. All right, but you know, uh, did, did Paul believe it was wrong? He most certainly did, but he did not go on a political rampage to attack uh, Caesar over slavery. He addressed it one heart at a time. You know, we see a, a, a lot of political issues in our country. We see a lot of moral problems coming out of Wellington, out of the Beehive. And how are we going to change that? It's not with your political party. I have to tell you, but your vote is not going to just flip the country back to God. Yeah, It's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen one heart at a time. You've got to go out and you need to be sharing the gospel. You need to be sharing how God changed your life. You need to be inviting people to revival services and say, hey, you need to come get what some of what I got. You need to come hear this man preach. You need to come hear the gospel. You need to let Jesus change your mind. And that will change their minds about how they vote and how they live. Amen? That's how we change our country. That's how we get our country back to God. One heart at a time. Paul, oh, he wasn't he wasn't getting together a uh, political campaign like some uh, big-name preachers are. Uh, maybe your names? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He wasn't, you know... Organizing protests against slavery. He's going to preach the word of God. Hey, you you, you get the sword out and you weld the word of God. It will do the work. Amen. The word of God is quick and powerful. Sharpen the two edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit. You don't have to get up and you know have a political campaign. Is it right to stand for the truth? It most certainly is. But you can do it the right way. Okay, uh, it's not all in politics. Okay, it's not all in um, you know uh, movements. Okay, uh, we just need to do what God asks us to do and be a witness. And share the gospel. Amen. But uh, Paul was not, he didn't tell, he said, you don't need to be over concern, overly concerned with your status as a slave. Same thing, he says, uh, verse, uh, let's see, find my place here, uh, verse 21, but if thou mayest be free, use it rather. He said, it's wonderful. If, if after you're saved, then you have the opportunity to, be, to become a free person, then you can use it for the glory of God. But, praise the Lord, that you can, uh, regardless whether you're a, a slave or you're free, you're Christ. Amen? You, regardless where you are, as your status of life, you are a child of God. Amen? Um, look at verse 22, then, here. He says, he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Okay? Uh, likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. So, th- this uh, term "freeman," okay, uh, th- this was what was used for the emancipation of a slave in, in the Greek uh, culture, and then of course uh, Rome embraced uh, embraced it, okay. And so, how how would they uh, a slave become free uh, in, in in you know Rome? Well, they would go through this process, and it was kind of like a. Um, uh, well, I'll explain it to you. So, um, they, they would uh, go through this process of the slave would be sold, quote-unquote, to the gods. All right? Now, uh, of course, the slave not having money, so the owner, the, the, yeah, the human owner of uh, the slave would pay this money to the temple, to the gods, all right? And so, once that uh, money was paid then he was given a document like, kind of like a, you know, a birth certificate okay, uh, verifying that he had been purchased uh, uh, by the gods. And he was the, uh, owned by the gods. And nobody else could own him anymore. So no human, human being could ever own him again. Okay? Now, Paul takes that, that truth, that, that tradition, if you will, that practice of Rome's society and makes the application to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, verse 22, uh, you are the Lord's (coughs) freeman. He that is called being free is Christ's servant. He says, you've been bought. And then he says, verse 23, uh, he that is called in the Lord, uh, I'm I'm sorry, verse 23, you are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. He says, you've been purchased by God Almighty. Mm -hmm. You've been purchased by the greatest God, not by some, you know, God, some Greek god, not some uh, god you've got to bow down to a statue or you pay homage to. You've been purchased by the God of Heaven, Amen. and no man owns you. Whether you whether you're a slave or not, you've been bought by the God of Heaven, and you owe allegiance to Him. And. You need to serve Him and Him alone. Amen? And uh, you may not be free socially. You may be under bondage. You may feel like you're under bondage you know, uh, to, to a man. But your soul has been freed by God Almighty. And you need to serve Him. Amen? Amen. And uh, use every opportunity you have to serve God. That's what he said. That, that needs to be your focus. That needs to be your focus. Um, Paul's point is that social status was irrelevant. That you've been made a freeman in Christ. Regardless of your social status, uh, you've been purchased by the blood of Christ, you are His child, and no one can take away your claim to Him. Mm. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> John 8, 32, verse uh, 36 says, Ye shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Amen? Free mm. indeed. And here that's uh, exactly what Paul was saying. Uh, Reiterating here that hey, you're Christ Freeman. He has freed you. Even though you you may not have social freedom, all right. And you know what? Uh, thankfully, we don't have slavery in, in uh, our society today. But you know, I, I bet there's some, a few bills we all have to pay, right? You have a mortgage. You got a uh, you got a loan out. You got a few debts that you know. You feel like the the bank owns uh, you. <laughs> you feel like your landlord owns you sometimes. You know what? That's okay. This is all just a temporary position. Amen. Your eternal position is secure. Amen. You're a child of the King. You're joined after Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. And no landlord, no bank, no business can uh, default. It doesn't matter if you default on everything you, you quote-unquote have. Uh, your inheritance in heaven is guaranteed. Amen? Amen. And it's secure. Amen. You are joined up with Christ. Now, that, that's what Paul was saying here, okay? He says, hey, your social status isn't near as important. Your material possessions, what you have, what you don't have. It doesn't matter. You you have an eternal wealth in the bank of heaven that far outweighs anything on this earth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, they, they were using, and I, I think they were using some of this. Um, it doesn't say it direct about uh, given that the spirit of division was within in this church I think they were probably using some of their social status to look down on some folks and it was probably you know um, a point of irritation and, and, and division within the church and that I'll never be amen uh, turn over to the book of James we'll look at an, another church that had uh, had that, that problem. James chapter 2. And this was the church of Jerusalem. And this church was primarily Jewish. Okay, And they did have an issue with social status and looking down upon people. James chapter 2 verse 1. It says, My brethren, have not the faith of our uh, Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly the apparel, there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. And to say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are you not the impartial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Wow. You know, here, uh, the, the these believers are saying, "Well, you know, if someone comes in and they're wearing the nice clothes, they've got the nice jewelry on, and hey, we know, you know him. He, man, he owns that. Uh, he owns that business. Boy, he be. We need to get him tithing, You know, uh, man, yeah, you know, he. Wow, check out that flash car. You know, hey, yeah, we need to make him a member of the church. But we've got someone that comes in, and maybe the you know the car's a little rusty. You know, sounds a little too loud to come in. The clothes aren't quite the same that you know we might wear. Uh, they look a little kind of grungy, and I uh, just not sure about that. Oh, well, you just look fine, go. Oh, but hey, Mr. So-and-so, hey, come on up here. Yeah, sit, sit there right here. Yeah, oh, yeah, you want me a songbook. Yeah, wow, I'm so glad you come to our church today. You're showing favoritism. Mm-hmm. Respect to persons. Hey, the gospel's for whosoever. Amen. Amen. I don't care what kind of clothes you wear. I don't care what kind of car you drive or don't drive. I don't care if you come on a bus. Amen? We run a bus, alright? You know? <laughs> it doesn't matter who or where you come from. I don't care if you come from a tolerate, I don't care if you're raw Monga. I don't care if you come from a commo. I don't care if you come from the sticks. I don't care if you live back behind the church. <laughs> That's my status, amen. Hey, it's for whosoever. Anybody. And we welcome any and all. Amen? And you know what? Even after we're saved, Because you know what? Getting saved doesn't make you rich. Getting saved doesn't eliminate all your debt. And that's okay. Because we're all equal, joint heirs in heaven with Christ. Amen? And you know what? Our status on earth isn't near as important as our status in heaven. Amen? That's the way it ought to be. Turn turn over to um, another passage. um, And... I failed to mention a while ago, but I want to go back to it because I think it's, it's real important. Um, Matthew, oh, I'm sorry, Mark, Mark chapter 5, okay? And I think this is, uh, again, a good uh, passage to illustrate what we're talking about here. Mark chapter 5. See, I, I, Pastor, I thought, you know, when you got saved, all your problems went away. I wish... I wish it did. I wish it worked that way, but it, it doesn't. You know? um, that's that's kind of the message that that group Jenna was talking about this morning in Sunday school. That, that's that's the message they preach: the health and wealth. You know, if you love Jesus at all, it's you know, oh you don't have any problems. And if you have problems, well, you're just not right with God. Yeah. that's kind of how Job's friends were, wasn't it? You know, um, no, it doesn't work that way. All right, look at Mark chapter five and. Verse 18, this is the maniac of Gadara, okay? And we know the Lord miraculously saved him. He was demon-possessed. And uh, the Lord cast out those demons and cast them into the swine. And uh, boy, the, the hogs run over the cliff and they all drown. And uh, the, the man was gloriously changed, amen? Uh, and so, verse 18, then we see the, the re- results of that, okay? When he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed of the devil prayed to him that he might be with him. He wants to go with the Lord Jesus and just follow the Lord. You know, well, that's, true, that's the true heart of a new convert. They just want to be with the Lord, be in church. They don't want to get under the, the preaching and teaching of God's Word. They just want to soak it up. Amen? And that's the heart of this new convert. He's just gotten saved. I just want to be with Jesus. Amen? What does Jesus tell them? How be it? Jesus suffered him not. Jesus said, you can't go with me. <laughs> but saith unto him, go home. To thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord have done for thee and have had compassion on thee. And what do you do? do you sit there and argue with the Lord. Oh, but Lord, I could, I could grow so much. I, I've, I've come so far. I, I was possessed by demons and now I, I'm saved. And you, can, you I could be a great preacher. I could do these great things. I could do all these things. If, hey, Lord, I could just go with you. And that's not what he did, he obeyed. And he departed and began to publish in the Decapolis. You know what? I believe he was a great preacher in his hometown. How great things Jesus had done for him and all men did more. You know, You know why the Lord doesn't just take us home to heaven the moment we get saved? Because he wants us to be a witness right here. Because there's more people just like you that need to hear the message and they need to be saved. And you know what? They may not hear it from a preacher. They may not come to a church and listen to a preacher preach. They may not take the time to read a gospel tract, but they'll see your life. Amen. They'll see the change, and they say, "Yeah, I don't like that guy." Especially since he got religion. I really, yeah, quote unquote, religion. I really don't like him, but I can't argue with him. You know what? I know he's right. I know he's right. I see the difference. I see the changes made in his life. You might be a family member. You think, why, Lord, why did you give me the family? You did. <laughs> because the Lord wants you to work on them and be a witness to them. And see them come to know him as their Savior. Amen. God does, salvation does not just erase all the social problems and our status does not just change our status to where we're all at the same uh, amount of money or same you know, position in life. No, uh, God saves us not from life. He saves us in life to give us victory through the life that we have. Amen. And that's what he was trying to, uh, Paul was reiterating to these Corinthians your, your social status doesn't matter, okay? You, what you have, what you don't have. That's not what's important. What's important is that you know the Lord and that we should focus on Him. And that, that's our, our, our last point here, okay? We've seen back here in 1 Corinthians. So we see their directive, all right? Uh, the second point, and i just going to mention it. I already did kind of in, in some way here. Uh, the, the debt or the duty, all right? We are bought with a price. Okay? We owe no one else greater allegiance than what we owe to Jesus Christ. Because we've been purchased with His precious blood. Amen? Amen. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. Just a, a page or so back over. It says, You're bought with a prize, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Our, our purpose and our focus should be not change, to change our social status not be climbing the ladder of success in, in man's eyes, not to you know, uh, have, have the better clothes or the, the nicer car or, You know, upgrade our house, so to speak, or to, you know, to get the yacht or whatever. Uh, it should be, hey, I want to live for the Lord. Amen. I just want to point others to Him. It doesn't matter if I'm at the bottom of the ladder. It doesn't matter what kind of house I live in, uh, what kind of success I have in my job. As long as I'm doing my job to point others to Jesus Christ, that is my focus as a child of God. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, Getting quiet in here, y'all. Okay. All right. okay, First Peter one eighteen nineteen. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things, of silver and gold, from your vain conversation received from, by tradition from your fathers. See again, it's not we weren't saved by traditions. Okay, it's not. Well, I've always come to church. No, you were saved with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. Hey, we have a a, a great inheritance has been purchased by our loving Heavenly Father at a great price. The price of His own Son's blood. Amen. And so, the, the last thing that He focuses on, then, he, what we should focus on, is in verse uh, 24 then. okay, He says, Brethren, that every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. He says, It's not important what your social status is, whether you're poor, whether you're rich whether you're a slave or whether you're a freeman, uh, what's important is that you know God and that you abide with Him. Your relationship with the Lord. That's the same word, that word abide, is the same word that the Lord Jesus used in John 15 when He he talked to the disciples about abiding in Him. If you abide in Me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit. But being a Christian... It's not defined by again what car you drive or again, how much money you give to the church. Okay, yeah, the, 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 there there are some folks that aren't able to do as much. Maybe they're physically limited, but hey, they pray. I think about uh, I think about Zena. I miss that lady. I miss her prayers. She can't do a whole lot. Yeah. Legally blind, bit over, almost halfway bit over. Couldn't drive anymore. Talk about those tracks, it makes me think of her. She uh, she wanted to label tracks, but she couldn't see. I was like how are you gonna do that? To <laughs> she found out a way. She figured, she had she got a book and she was able to line it up and she could see enough of the the paper that it was sticking out from under the book enough. That's where the, the label should go. And she would like I, yeah. She amazed me. She couldn't do much. She didn't have a lot of money. But she prayed. She prayed for all of us. She prayed for her pastor. I have no doubt her prayers kept your pastor here while we fought those immigration battles. We fought for the visas. Yeah. Zena has some crowns laid up. Not because of her social status on earth. Not because she was a rich lady. Not because of all the wealth she gave away to, to Christianity and to, to her church, whatever. But because she was faithful to her God and pointed others to Jesus Christ. That's what matters. That's what's important. Amen. It's what we do for our eternal values. Amen? We need to dwell with God. Colossians, I just, I'll give a few verses here in closing. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. It says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 whether if we eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all to the glory of God. Amen. It's all about Him. Amen. Our church, our focus is to exalt the Savior. Amen. I that is our primary focus. Everything we do, everything else is secondary. Amen. And uh, we're going to cover that in, in Sunday school here in the next week or so. But everything else we do, reaching people, reaching the lost, encouraging one another, edifying the saints, all of that, giving our our money for missions and you know projects whatever we do, it's all about Exalting Jesus Christ, drawing all men to Him. Amen. He said, "If I I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Me." Hey, we see to point others to Him, regardless of our social status, regardless of what we have or don't have. Let's focus on Him and point others to Him. Amen. That that's what it's all about. Philippians four, Paul summarizes up quite well. I think this was near the end of his life. He said, "Not that I speak in respect of one for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and on all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul knew what it was like to be part of the social elite. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He made the rules. Literally. He knew what it was like to be one of the elite, to persecute Individuals, well, after he got gloriously saved, he knew it was likely persecuted, to be hated, be thrown in prison, be left for dead, shipwrecked. He knew all those things. He said, "Hey, I've learned. Doesn't matter. No matter what my social status is, I'm content in Christ. He's all I need. Amen. He is sufficient." Where are you at this morning, spiritually speaking? Are you trying to climb the ladder of success? You think you go find contentment in the next big move, the next big house, promotion, pay raise. Contentment is only found in Christ. Amen. And you, you may be a Christian, but you're not dwelling in him like you should. You're not abiding in Christ. And you're 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 spiritual, spiritually thirsty. You know the world isn't gonna isn't gonna reach that first. The only way you're gonna find satisfaction is in the Lord. Amen. No matter where you are in in life, be content in Him, dwell in Him. Amen. Let Him be your satisfaction. Let's close the Word prayer.